Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We're digging into the digital revolution, trying to make sense of what's going on here. Keep up with the fast paced changes. And uh, our newest monthly digital all star who will be with us each month to talk about things going on across this crazy business is Bridget Cornier, who's the uh, editor online for Dynamic Communities Inc. Bridget, welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. This is your second appearance. And again, it's great to have you. Oh, thanks, Bob. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, we're just coming off of a holiday weekend and diving into some some new projects and new exciting things down the pipeline. So happy to be uh, joining you once again. Bridget, thanks. And I know it's just a few weeks ago, you and I were uh, partners in crime, helping to sort of moderate and offer some perspective on the first industry cloud battleground. There was a joint venture between Cloud Wars Media and Dynamic Communities. Uh, what did you think of that? And you know what stuck in your head about that event? Oh man, it was a big event for us. Um, one of our largest events and also featured some different uh, vendors that we haven't uh, covered before in, in our, our platform. And as uh, Acceleration Economy Media is off and running and growing faster than ever, um, we are we were so happy to be to team up with you, Bob, and to host that industry cloud battleground. Um, we had a number of vendors uh, with us, like I said. Uh, I have my my cheat sheet list here: IBM, Workday, Salesforce, Google Cloud, SAP, Oracle, and uh, ServiceNow. And uh, it was really interesting being able to talk through a similar lens from that customer viewpoint. Um, we equipped each of those vendors with five questions uh, and they all took their own spin on it. Some of them used a whiteboard like Salesforce, which I found pretty darn funny and got some good laughs out of. Um, uh, and others used customer testimonies on camera. Um, and I really love this approach as, you know, a lot of the folks coming to this uh, event were customers and they have those same questions of how to pick between all these emerging vendors and what is the right cloud solution for them. Um, and I think that the across the board, all the vendors did a fantastic job of putting together their testimony, their story uh, in, in a unique way. Uh, across every single vendor. Um, I think that was my biggest takeaway is uh, the creativity that each one of them had um, in telling their own story. A lot of them used uh, real life stories, data, uh, and so much more. So um, it is available on demand if anyone missed it and wants to check it out. Um, but that, that's my overview. Uh, but Bob, yes, you were uh, in, in passenger seat with me for this event and helping through it all. So what were, did you have any big takeaways from that? Yeah, Bridget, uh, very much, uh, I think, along the lines of what you said, you know, it was just uh, this sort of whole phenomenon of the industry cloud thing has come together so quickly mm. and so almost universally, like every one of these 10 huge companies you know, just sort of pivoted and all of a sudden they're racing in this direction because I think, you know, the general understanding here is that while the cloud's been helpful in a lot of ways for what businesses really need as we sort of rush into the digital economy, uh, there's going to be even need for greater set of skills, capabilities, and the technology underlying this, I think is going to be, you know, the, the difference maker here. But Bridget, you know, life isn't always fair. So we do the industry cloud battleground in mid to late June. And then at the end of June, what does Microsoft do but come in and sort of turns the whole business upside down with the, uh, 
you know, the acquisition of AT&T's 5G mobile network. So mm -hmm. that is forcing some changes in the industry cloud top 10, Microsoft jumping up from number six to number four. So it keeps our lives certainly interesting. And I hope we can continue to collaborate on some stuff and um, help keep uh, for the our audiences and for the buyers, people trying to in the business world, keep up with these crazy changes and every day more and more of this. And what are the big tech companies doing then to try to help them move forward here? So it, it's a fascinating time. You know, and you mentioned something around 5G. I mean, that brings up a whole topic of connectivity and how some of those cloud vendors are starting to compete. Um, and we, we call this our optimal approach and we've been tossing this around internally a lot of you know we're, we're hearing this a lot there's a many more companies are, are shifting their strategies to to use that connectivity approach because i mean how do you get connected to those cloud services without connectivity <laughs> you know it's a chicken before the egg situation um and i we we've been talking around that a, a whole lot so i think i feel like we've hit something on the on a nail on the head there bob yeah, Bridget, and 5G is going to have an impact on, you know, every business, seems like every person, uh, every type of work we do, the engagement we do, the, the personal lives, you think about that, you know, what can happen in the world of medicine, uh, healthcare, education, travel, entertainment, um, just those things of commerce and being able to see stuff, you know, in real time in, in different sorts of ways, but you're, you make a great point there, like all this stuff is fine, it's nice to think about it but it's really not gonna happen unless the cloud providers who are driving a lot of these new services can, uh, can move at speeds and with a precision and clarity unlike anything anybody's ever seen. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yes, you know, I, I think that's just it, is uh, the, the more direct that some of these organizations have with their strategy and they're being really clear with that, um, I think they are gonna move up to that top of the list and compete higher. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what others do to respond to that situation or um, just to solidify their own goals. I, I think there, there can be a bit of that dichotomy between just jumping in and, and trying to differentiate between your competitors, but then also doing what's right for you as, as a company, as a leader. So with Microsoft doing that with AT&T, I feel like they really stood their ground on where they're trying to go and, and, and not a, a competitive move. Yeah, Bridget, and we'll see, right, that on the one hand, we're seeing those, uh, the boundaries the, between industries that were hard and fast, very solid, rigid for, you know, 100, 150, 200 years in some cases, but those mm -hmm. industries are also starting to come down as businesses sort of move sideways, you know, following the money, following the uh, market demand from consumers or from businesses and so forth. I, I think it is fascinating. And the speed at which all of this is happening is, again, as we've said, sort of unlike what anybody's ever seen before. So you folks over at Dynamic Communities have come up with a, a whole new sort of approach and a, a strategy for this. Would you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, our strategy is the acceleration economy. Uh, we've pivoted that way as Dynamic Communities has evolved, um, but we've also seen that more companies are trying to be strategic with how they're moving um, themselves in, in order to be competitive, but then also um, to meet those customer expectations. Um, there's this drive to be uh, 
having quality and speed from the customer's point of view. Um, and so there's this big question, how do companies measure up to those expectations when we're moving faster and stronger and uh, what, what are businesses supposed to do? Well, the acceleration economy uh, media site that uh, all of all of these programs are now taking place. We also just launched our very first uh, or an inaugural uh, acceleration economy journal site or a journal issue. Um, these are all talking uh, about what's taking place in our current market, how these, uh, what business leaders should be doing, how they should be responding, on um, what things should they be watching out for, um, but also giving them a voice uh, in that conversation. Um, so the journal is just one uh, entity of this, one example, um, and one that we're pretty proud of and uh, we're able to get off the ground very quickly. And this is a monthly occurrence covering different topics all around uh, what we're seeing in the acceleration economy. Um, and this is across um, industries. Um, so I think our next issue is all around healthcare. So we're understanding what's going on in the healthcare uh, stack um, in relation to this path, this fast pace. Um, so uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll be happy to share some links if folks want to download. That is free uh, to check out, um, but very excited for some of the writers that are participating in regular columns, um, giving their points of view. Wayne, Wayne Satan, who was a shout out to him, who was one of our participants in the uh, Industry Club Battleground, is also appearing in our regular uh, 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 journal there. So yeah, a, a lot of movement, a lot of movement for sure. <laughs> it is, Bridget. What, what a, a crazy time here. And you know, I think um, that name, the acceleration economy, right? And somebody, you know, I could say, well, what does that mean? You know, how are things speeding up? But every company I talk to, not in the tech industry, not the tech vendors, but businesses outside of there, that's the number one thing on their agenda is how can I move at the speed of the world around me? Right. How do I get to do this? And technology is a part of it. I think you've also got um, org structures in some way, right? You can buy all the technology in the world. And if you have a 20th century org structure, you're just not going to be able to move at that accelerated pace that's required. And then also, um, you know, along with sort of the hard edged, uh, highly objective things around technology, there's uh, culture, right? You know, do you have a culture that embraces this new notion of it? And is everybody focused on the world outside to meet the emerging needs and expectations as you've described, Bridget, of the customers, as opposed to, you know, just sort of falling back on those old habits of, you know, uh, endless internal meetings that, uh, well, who knows what goes on in those internal meetings, but <laughs> I think everybody's always happy to get out of them. And uh, we often don't remember what was discussed in them. And then we could get back to the real world of what's going on outside our company's walls. Yeah, but you bring up a good point here, which is um, strategy doesn't always mean external strategy. Um, it also means internal strategy, too. I want to come back to that in a second. But first, just a, a quick word from our sponsor, BMC. BMC wants to know, is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets where automation is paramount yet effortless and when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash A game. 
Um, what what is uh, your organizational structure look like? How are they playing together? How are they working together? Um, I, I think upskilling and uh, training, especially as technology is moving so fast, I think internally we also need to respond with that as well. Um, and it poses a lot of questions for, for C-suite, for organizational leaders as a whole and, and peers of how can we help each other? Uh, get to that point of uh, being excelling at what we're doing, excelling at what we do for com our company. Um, so I, I think that that's change management, organizational um, structure, you know, taking a look at how team dynamics are working. Those are some areas that I personally really enjoy uh, because it's kind of it's, it's the, the weeds of it and it's uh, a little uh, nitty gritty and I kind of like that strategy, but um, yes. To your point, <laughs> there's a lot of dynamics there. Yeah, so we need to excel as we accelerate. Mm -hmm. Bridget, you know, uh, one of the, the things that comes up with that is you're you're describing, you know, some of those internal dynamics. And I, I think one of the other is where this acceleration economy theme that you folks at Dynamic Communities are really pursuing is so interesting is right uh, everybody talks about whatever size business you're whatever industry you're in whatever part of the world somebody's in you know there's always you hear about this the war for talent and um, just this incredible demand for people who are willing to look at the world in different ways see different things and every sort of company is out you know trying to hire these folks now in the past it always seemed to me right the, the traditional model was uh, I'm looking for a job. I go and try to ar arrange interviews with companies, see if they'll let me come in and talk to them, maybe get on their radar, maybe give them a chance. I think that thing has been flipped now and you get these you know, top candidates and not even, I'm just saying the top, but you know, maybe most candidates these days are looking at it and saying, no, I'm the individual. I am the rare you know, asset here, and I'm going to be the one that does the interview, and, and these companies can come in and, you know, somewhat bid for my services. So if, as that switches, or if that's true that switches, or it's not my hallucination that it's switching, then those individuals are the, what's the first impression they get of a company? And if, I think if they go in and they get to understand a little bit about a company and they say like, ah, oh, okay, they sort of do things the old way, they're sort of a more of a reactor instead of a leader. Yeah, I don't think so. And they get crossed off the list. So these, these, this notions of do you, ex, do you have an acceleration culture? Um, do you have an acceleration mindset to go along with the growth mindset? Um, if you don't have those, how in the world are you going to expect to compete either for the, the revenue and the attention and the loyalty of your customers or on the other side of that, the the talent that's going to be the lifeblood of companies these days. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So my initial response here, I my background um, is not in technology. My background is actually psychology and social work. And I love what you're saying here about how the people and it's the it's a people thing. <laughs> it's people. It's, it's less about the technology and um, I, I worked with for, with youth for about four years and uh, we helped train those high schoolers, um, not train them, but help them achieve their goals professionally um, and how to do that. Um, and I would say from my perspective of, of coaching young 
young people and then now being in more of an adult environment <laughs> if you will um it, it's it's interesting because now it's less about i'm going to be a doctor and it's less about the job description that you're searching to achieve and more about the the type of work that you want to do um, and the skills that you can bring as your unique human. Um, and I always think, I think back to some of those times of coaching uh, young people in my, my office and they would you know, be anxious about, oh, I wanna fit this job. Well, the, the, the reality is that future job might not exist even five years after you're done with college. Um, and so how do you build those skill sets is some of those big questions of how, how can you be adaptable? How, how can young people especially be adaptable? Um, and it's, it's much less about fill, fit, fitting a mold because here's, here's what's interesting too. I just read a study recently about um, even doctors, uh, their roles are changing. Um, they now have AI to help them with surgeries. And so that some of that, even the finite skill sets that they're doing on patients or the research that they're doing or things like that, their day-to-day -day is, is changed. Um, so I, I'm going on a tangent here, Bob, but um, I think that forward thinking, it also, it means a bit more of that human thinking, human optimized. Um, I mean, we... I mean, I, I, there's also a, a podcast that I enjoy quite often, uh, Decoder, and, uh, or no, there's a book that I read, uh, Future Proof, um, and they interviewed someone that uh, on Decoder. Anyhow, uh, he, he talks about the future uh, thinking model, and there's, uh, you know, those in, in law might not have that same law uh, path as as they uh, traditionally did because their day-to-day -day jobs of input or data management, uh, things like that are changing. So anyhow, <laughs> my response there. I'd I like that future-proof, right? Because every organization now says, we, how do we future-proof ourselves? And often they mean in terms of technology, but I think if you do that on the technology side, which is great, but you don't do it on that human side with your talent, with your culture, with your organization, um, you know, that's not gonna be a, a happy ending. And Bridget, may I go a little bit technical on you, please? Sure. <laughs> All right, so you see the structure I've formed with my hands here, the space in between is a triangle, right? Mm -hmm. so I think that triangle represents a traditional org structure, very hierarchical, you know, these people can only talk to these people and, you know, so on like that. And it, it fit a purpose at, at some time, those times are gone. And if you take as what the current world outside is, is forcing companies to go from this, like take a big anvil, drop it on top of that organizational structure, the triangle, suddenly it gets flattened out like that. And you don't have those hierarchical natures. And as that implosion happens and the, the triangle gets flattened, the jobs, all those constituent parts change, right? And instead of being somebody who comes in and I've got this narrow focus and, you know, Wayne Saden has talked about this. I know a little bit about what the next step in the process is in the company or the one just behind me, but two layers out, I don't have any clue. And I think a lot of that's going to start to change because that was all driven by an internal view. 
-hmm. And now we get this external, let's get more people thinking about our customers and what we need to do and how we engage with them and get the customers involved in every facet of the internal operations where they want to be involved. It's just a completely different mindset. So I, I love your point there about young people today, their aspirations more about saying, here's what I would like to be able to do rather than saying, I'm gonna be an accountant, I'm gonna be a doctor, I'll be an engineer, I'm gonna be a phys ed teacher, you know, whatever it might be. Instead, uh, I think the world is being reconfigured some, and there's gonna be more opportunities for somebody to say, this is what I love to do. This is what makes my heart beat faster. Where is the place for them to me to go and plug in and contribute as much as possible there? Mm -hmm. Right, because you can always learn new skills. Um, uh, and, but if your if your goals are to be uh, in nonprofit sector and, and and you know doing something like that or as a doctor or things like that, you know the, your goal to make your heart beat faster and change the world might be just that. It's just you have to learn different skills along the way. Yeah, and I, you know, Bridget, one other thing, and I I'm, I'm, I don't think we talked about this in your first appearance here on Cloud Wars Live, but um, I just think it's so silly these days and seeing some big, smart companies, but they will refer to, <clears throat> they'll refer to HR as a back office operation. And I know whenever I hear that, I say to people, really, you think so? And well, aren't people your most important asset? Oh yeah, so our people are our most important asset, but this is somehow, what, do you, what does back office mean? Well, it's not something that faces customers. Oh, so, okay, so your, your employees and the talent in your organization, well, some of them do. And I just sort of uh, push that a little bit with folks. And I say, well, tell me about the parts of your company who don't touch customers. Who is that? I just, the, the list these days with these new ways that companies have to reconfigure themselves to uh, connect with the world and their customers in different ways. I mean, is it design? No, no. Customers involved in design. Is it manufacturing? No, no. It's got to be custom manufacturing, you know, all of sales service after so on like that product development everything so i don't know if i'm babbling too much <laughs> but i think this notion of that the the change you're driving at from the acceleration economy to how we look at talent to how people make decisions to how you know you weave these customers in here it's a it's a fantastic idea for dynamic communities to be you know on this notion of helping uh business leaders be able to understand what you have to do in the acceleration economy so that you are not, you know, that sort of flattened uh, piece of roadkill on the highway there. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny you bring up HR about being a back office job. And I, I don't, I think we're going away from that because even more so, I think HR is needing to get involved with who those choices are, what those people, what the people dynamics are, and that they are serving the customers and, and having that lens of who are we selecting talent to bring into the organization? Are they a good fit for our customers? Um, are they going to help us achieve those customer goals that we have um, or strategic goals? I think the HR, HR really needs to be in touch with where the organization is going and, and what the perception is of from customers of the organization. Because then, you know, other than then it is just a back office job and you're kind of in a corner and you're not really helping strategically with how your, your organization is moving. Yeah. 
Yeah, Bridge, I, I, I'm just sort of baffled by that. But I think the best companies are coming around in the, the tech industry, right, which is so remarkable in some ways. But you look at it, uh, I, <clears throat> I would like to know um, do, who the person is who came up with this category for HR applications of HCM, human capital management. I mean, could you, you know, we, if we'd spend a couple hours, could we come up with a more sort of uh, cold and distant and, you know, in some ways sort of dehumanizing <laughs> human capital management? They're very polarizing. Each, you know, the words are very, uh, they're very polarizing from each other. I mean, you can't really put human management together and feel that that's a warm environment. Um, it definitely has a tone to it. And then you put capital in there and you know that this just goes towards bureaucracy a little bit. And um, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting little phrase there. <laughs> I thought it, it was sort of these, uh, you know, these sort of automaton like thinking like, over here, we have our ERP thing, which manages our, what would they be? Our non-human capital things or finance mm -hmm. capital and our asset. It, it's just an odd, an odd construct. But again, in the acceleration economy, I think a lot of those old ways of looking at things and in some ways, Bridget, I think, you know, it, it's language and people say, ah, it's just a term, you know, it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter, right? I think some we've all learned over the last, you know, handful of years is language matters a lot. Um, you know, how, how we articulate the value of what we do, how we express our vision about what our company's objectives and our missions are and where we're headed in the future. So to, just to say this thing of, you know, human capital management, it, it just puzzles me. So again, I think maybe one of the things that you folks over at the acceleration economy can do is help to uh, awaken this notion that you're moving faster than ever before. The tolerance for error or imprecision or even um, unintended uh, awkwardness is going to, you know, if you're moving faster than you ever have before, you can't tolerate those things. Like you, you've got to have every part of your operation really, really on the mark. Well, and I think over here, we do think content and tone and uh, language is very important. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're evolving as a, a company ourselves and we're noticing that more and more that there are a lot of stories out there that have yet to be told. There's lots of point, many point of views um, that we can have a space for um, and we can help each other. Um, and and uh, a lot of that power does lie in what you say and how you say it. Um, and I think uh, my biggest uh, mission as a, you know, a young leader, I guess, is uh, lead with empathy and lead with human awareness and kindness and, um, and, and do that with how you speak and your actions. And uh, I think we try to evoke that in our, in our content approach. Um, by being inclusive of different points of view. Um, uh, our, our CEO has a, has a way of encouraging that as well on some of his, his shows. And he likes to, he likes just tell me how it is. Tell me how it is. Tell me the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, because if the truth is if you, if you don't iron out some of the bad and the ugly, you can't find a way to the good. 
Um, so anyway, going a bit philosophical there, uh, but I, I do think it's important because uh, when you're bogged down with all the technical things, um, being human is is a kind of a kind of special. <laughs> Just a little. Yes, <laughs> Bridget, and you know about that. So I think you've um, offered a pretty compelling view about what acceleration economy media is all about. Could you? share with everybody where people can find more of your uh, great stuff that you know you and your colleagues yeah. oh there's there's a great there's all, all sorts of ways uh, to engage with content at the acceleration economy media site uh, you can find us at accelerationeconomy.com um, we have a number of, of podcast shows that we produce one every week called the wrap and maybe some someday Bob I'll talk a little bit more about some of the fun that we have on that show that's with our CEO John Seifert and then our senior analyst our bearded analyst as he likes to be called Aaron Back uh, and then myself so three of us sit down and chat about what, how what news has popped up this week what should our viewers know about um, but then uh, you know we have some fun along the way too. <laughs> so that's one way to engage with us. Uh, we also have Back At It podcast, which is one of uh, Aaron, Aaron Back's, uh, our analyst shows, um, great insights there. Um, and then our Acceleration Journal, Acceleration Economy Journal, uh, you can check that out. So yes, lots of ways to engage with us. And then of course, um, one of our, our biggest events that we're gearing up for is Summit North America, which is uh, kind of our, our legacy of uh, dynamic communities. And we've been running this event for over 10 years. And it's a fantastic way to uh, network with the Microsoft ecosystem. So it's uh, one of the largest events for independent gathering of the Microsoft ecosystem. And we're really excited to be bringing the community back together and uh, you know, bringing up some awesome uh, content from the community or picked by the community. Uh, it's a great time. So that will be in October. So lots of things to, to do to engage, to learn more about us. Bridget, that sounded like it's going to be live. It is going to be live. Yes. Oh. We're thrilled. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so the week of October 12th is uh, that whole week, you know, just, you know, save the day, block it out. Um, we'll be in Houston and uh, thrilled to be back with the community again. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Bridget, thank you so much for uh, sharing your ideas. We, we covered a lot of ground here. It went by very quickly and You've just got a great way of looking at the world and bringing a unique perspective to some important issues. So thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Bob. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. And to all of you, thanks for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. Hope your summer's off to a terrific start. Uh, enjoy it because, uh, well, I hate to say it, but we're in early July already. So, but there's still two great months left. We'll have lots of fun. Look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks everyone.